Welcome to another trip down the Bourbon Road with your hosts, Jim and Mike. So grab a glass of your favorite bourbon and kick back. Hey, this is Big Chief, and you're listening to the Bourbon Road. You know what I love to pour in my old fashions is a little maple syrup. Can't be just any maple syrup. It has to be from seldom seen farms up in Ohio. He takes bourbon barrels, pours his syrup in there, and ages it for six to nine months, making for some delicious, just some delicious syrup that you could pour on pancakes, you could pour it on waffles, chicken and waffles like this fat guy likes. But seriously, you want to make a delicious cocktail with some maple syrup and not that old simple syrup. Check out SeldomSeenMaple.com. Pick up some stuff from there today. We'd appreciate it. Hello, everybody. I'm Jim Shannon. And I'm Mike Hyatt. This is The Bourbon Road. And today, Mike, we are sitting in StreamYard. Didn't get on the road this time, but we have been spending quite a bit of time on the road lately. Yeah, if we'd had to get on the road for this uh, for this whiskey right here, it'd been a hell of a drive for us, Jim. And with gas prices the way they are... It, it would have ate our piggy bank up. Yeah. So who do we have on the show with us today? So we got Jesse Parker and he is the master blender for Doc Swenson's. Now, if you're in Kentucky, you probably have seen this on the shelf here in Kentucky. Pretty nice whiskey from what everybody else is saying. But heck, we're going to let Jesse uh, tell us about it. Jesse, welcome to the Bourbon Road. Hey, Jim, Mike, thanks so much for having me on here. I'm excited to be here on a, another good podcast, uh, tasting some good whiskey. Absolutely. Well, this is a new one for us. Mike and I haven't had it before, uh, and we appreciate you sharing your whiskey with us. You did send us some samples. You sent us some full bottles as well, so we're in pretty good shape. We're all primed and ready to go. It's great to have a new friend and a new whiskey to drink with them, so thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Glad to hear you got all the bottles, too. We just want to make sure you know you got enough to make sure you know it's really good. All right. Uh, We're going to do your bourbon. You've got a a bourbon you sent us. We're going to do that in the first half. In the second half, we'll drink another one of your expressions. But we kind of like to get straight to that whiskey. So uh, why don't you tell us what we have in our glass first here? Sure. Let me uh, pour a little more for myself. Um, So this first one is kind of our signature, what we started with. And it's our Doc Swinson's Triple Cask. And it is a straight bourbon whiskey, a blend of two different mash bills, both from MGP, aged a minimum of five years, blended together, and then put into ex-cognac casks, uh, Pedro Jimenez, and Oloroso Sherry casks. Man, that's some big names right there. I don't know if I can do all that. (laughs) (laughs) I I know. All of our labels seem to have that reflect that. There's like, uh, how do we say this again? And why is there so many names on your bottle? I... To be fair, we, we we started our branding kind of in-house and have played with it, and yours truly designed the label. So uh, it's it's been a, a, a unique journey. <laughs> so you said uh, two different sherry casks and, uh, and a cognac cask. Yeah, Oloroso sherry, uh, Pedro Jimenez sherry, and, of course, cognac. Um, and they're all, for the most part, large format casks. So they're typically 500 to 600 liter for about 95% of them. Uh, so it's a little more mellow. Uh, the, the big goal here was to really focus on the fact that it's still a straight bourbon whiskey. And that's what we really like to put our name on here at Doc Swinson's is we still want to, you know, uh, make sure we honor what the the base whiskey actually is. And that's bourbon. So you'll still taste, I think, a lot of that in there. Okay, well, we'll dive into the details of this whiskey. But for now, Mike, what do you say we take a nose and take a sip? 
Yeah. Well, it's got a really nice nose on it. Yeah, super sweet. Uh, it, it smells viscous in the glass. A lot of floral notes like roses. I'm getting a little bit of cherry on this one, Mike. We talked about cherry and bourbon the other day, and I'm getting a little bit on this one. Sort of like cherry Coke. Very, very beautiful nose, Jesse. I, You know, it's always nice when a whiskey has a nice nose to it. Uh, if it, the nose doesn't smell good, you know, you don't want to put it in your mouth, right? That's uh, <laughs> that's what they say anyways. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the point of having a nose. I feel like sometimes you don't smell it before you eat it. It might keep you from uh, going down a path you don't want to. Well, Jim, I'm already drinking on this thing. Um, that first sip had a pow to it, though, didn't it? Yeah, it's very rich. And it re- that cherry is really coming out for me in that sip. Um, but I'm starting to get a little bit of like a uh, little bit of that nutmeg and a little bit of cinnamon on the back end, maybe, because I'm, I'm feeling mm. a little bit of the burn, you know, kind of good one. Yeah. It's got a little little layer to it uh, here and there on that back end. Like you said, Jim, uh, that burn's coming in a little bit. Um Definitely a nice sipper, and it drinks a little bit hotter than 95.8, I think. Well, I feel like they proofed this one really well. It is rich. It is bold, but it sits on the back of the palate with that nice little cinnamon hug. I like that. But still, that fruit's there. That fruit's up forward. That cherry, I like it. I'm still going to say kind of cherry Coke. I don't know if you've heard that before, but uh, I mean, definitely cherries is, is a pretty big one. I think most of the bourbons are that we use for our base here have a lot of uh, those uh, nice darker fruit forward characteristics to it. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't say that's too far out of the ballpark at all. I think <laughs> you're pretty right on. <laughs> well, we normally skip over the vanilla, you know, just don't even mention it in caramel, but it's there. But <laughs> it's there. It's definitely yep. there. So Jesse, Tell us how Doc Swenson started. And, and you know, when I look at the label, you said you designed this label. But when I think of Doc Swenson, I don't know why I think Doc Holiday, but I do. <laughs> I mean, it definitely has uh, kind of that uh, old Western you know, pre-prohibition era kind of style to it. And that was uh, very much some of the inspiration was uh, uh, kind of an old medicine label, so to speak, you know, that came out of the 20s or the the the, the, the the early turn of the century or the, the turn of the century there. Um, you know, it was also what was kind of popular about seven years ago as far as styling went. So we kind of ran with it and, uh, it was my first, uh, good trip down to learning how to use, uh, uh, Adobe illustrator. <laughs> so like I said, everything here at Doxwoods is pretty in house for the most part. Um, and we have a little bit of help on the outside from time to time, but that, 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 that's really Doc Swinson's. Okay, so Doc Swinson's uh, started kind of as a, a, we didn't really initially intend it to become what it has, to be honest. Um, our parent company, we, we all got paired together about seven, eight years ago. Um, there's four of us. And uh, to do private label product for other groups like grocery store chains and things like that. Uh, we, our initial intention wasn't to create this, uh, our own brand of, of whiskey, to be honest with you. It just kind of happened over the course of a couple of years. So working with all these different uh, distillers across the really across the world and in, primarily, of course, in Kentucky and Indiana and Tennessee, 
um, we, we were able to get our hands on some pretty unique and, and amazing casks that were quite old. So five or so years ago, we started playing with them and, and doing specialty finishes. And it, we'd only release like maybe 12 to 40 barrels a year, you know, so something real small um under under the the label doc swinson's which which really is kind of an ode to where we're from here in the pacific northwest um in general that's where the name came from it's one of the loosely related to one of the founders of seattle uh, but of course we don't do a whole lot of marketing on that because that's not really our brand you know we, we don't have a grandpappy that did this that at least that any of us really know of um beyond maybe some old bootlegging back in the day um, and it's certainly nobody, nobody from a past life's recipe. This is ours, our creation. So more or less Doc Swinson's is kind of a, uh, a culmination of our chaotic minds put together, um, and more or not, um, uh, processes developed from my childhood. <laughs> and I became obsessed with reading books about spirits and, and wine. So when I was pretty young and this is kind of what it's turned into, um, so Doc Swenson, he's that guy that came through town with the wagon. He's kind of the snake oil salesman. And he had the he's selling the little bottles of elixir that would cure all and I mean in a nutshell, yep. Yeah, I mean that's kind of the whole idea that was was put off on or put onto the, the label and the style, the motif. Um absolutely. Um but to be truly tr- true about it, we are incredibly transparent and no, it probably won't grow your hair back. <laughs> it might grow some hair on your chest though <laughs> <laughs> to be fair my chest has definitely got hair over the years so maybe it has you know <laughs> and maybe that is that that in this whiskey right here that spice that i'm getting uh that that 21 percent rye uh in there it so- that's got to be playing a factor it absolutely is. So we, we all here really like rye whiskeys. I love rye whiskeys. I love heavy rye or high rye bourbons. They tend to be some of my favorites. I really like the spicy characteristics you get out of it. Um, I think it makes a beautifully complex bourbon. So it's just a, it's a personal thing for me on that end. And uh, this triple cast, Doc Swinson's triple cast is actually a blend. It starts as two of MGP's high rye mash bills. So they're 36% and they're 21%. Ah. So every single one of our releases, with the exception of our single single barrels, um, is either a blend, a blend that has been finished, or a single mash bill that has been finished. We don't release anything that we haven't haven't really put our stamp on here. Um, that's what I think really separates us from some of the others out there. Well, you know, the craft starts, I think, and we've talked about this in previous shows, the craft starts in barrel selection. You know, and choosing what barrels to pick. Then, of course, the craft continues when you start to blend those barrels, and particularly if you're blending multiple mash bills. Mm-hmm. And the and the craft continues even more as you start to finish those products and and watch them age in the uh, additional barrels uh, for the flavoring. I, I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of craft in this bottle from the very get go. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I appreciate that. It is definitely a labor of love, especially in particular triple cask on this end. This one has uh, me involved in, in in every single little step, blending it along the way. Uh, where some of our other expressions, I allow nature to take a little bit more hold on to it, which is unique in its own right as well. Um, and then there's something else that I do a little little differently here on triple cask. After after I blend all three of these casks together, the 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 cognac. The, and the two sherries, they actually marry in old cognac fooders that are about the size of mini coopers. Uh-huh. Um, so that, that really helps put like a really nice mellowing process or mellow to, mellowness to the bourbon. Um, 
in addition to how we we add our dilution water from about 114 proof to the to the smoother 95.8. Oh, is uh, that where the is that where the cognac comes in? Is from the fooder? Uh, no, the, so oh, it, was, it is truly three separate casks, um, mostly in varying sizes. But like I said, typically in the they're all larger format casks that held cognac or sherries for 20 plus years. Uh, I'm pretty careful about where I get my casks from. I, I want to know. Um, as much about the provenance as I can. And um, uh, those get blended together and then put in into the, the marrying fooders where they sit for, for, you know, typically a month, sometimes more uh, before uh, being bottled. Jesse, are you the one that came up with the, uh, you said you created the label, so I'm assuming you created a little stamp on there that says bottled when ready. Um, you know, to be totally fair with you, I don't think I came up with that one. I think our sales guy, Steve did. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I think he came up with that, that tagline. He's pretty, pretty good at those. So, um, we all have a little bit of us in, in these labels. Um, I, I'm the one that just sticks them together for the most part and then kind of comes up with some of the, the, the backstory and the process, of course, on each product. I mean, I really like that, that it, <clears throat> you guys put that on your label because that's saying, Hey, you're not going to rush to do anything. Uh, you're going to wait for when the whiskey tells you, Hey, I'm ready to be drank. Yeah, absolutely, Mike. That is exactly what we do here. In fact, um, people always ask me like, oh, so what is it? Is it 45 days in a barrel? Is it 60 days? Is it two years in a barrel? And and my answer always simply is the, the barrel tells me really when it's ready, ready to be to be pulled. And uh, everyone that goes into these blends has a different age for, uh, time frame on them based upon how the whiskey is evolving in there. And that is truly how I actually blend the whiskeys. Um, it's not just based on, Hey, well, these ones have been there for 45 days. We'll call it finished. We don't just check that box. That's not our style. So we, we, we really believe in bottled when ready. And, and this is a, this is a mixture of two different mash bills, as you mentioned, but mm-hmm. it's also, you're not using four year old barrels. You're using five and six year old barrels. Is that true? Uh, so, so there is kind of, to some degree, there is a bit of a blend. Um, uh-huh. the youngest we've ever put in this particular product was like four point eight years old. Um, sometimes we kind of got to make some whiskey <laughs> go into the finishing cast. And it's been a little bit harder to find older whiskey these days. I'm sure you're all aware of. Um, but uh, none of it goes into the bottle before it's it's five years old. So it is a continuance for some of them. Um, so it's good range from that mid fours up towards six years, not quite. And then finished for anywhere from uh, typically on a minimum of three months up to a year. Uh, is kind of the spread I'm working with these days. And that, that's changing, evolving, of course, as we you know have time and more whiskey. Well, the, the texture on this is really nice, Mike. I, I, it's kind of got a velvet, kind of, kind of a velvet hammer. That's a good way to say it. It kind of hits velvet you hammer. Of, yeah. <laughs> hits you on the back of the palate, but it's, it's nice and velvety on the tongue. And uh, it's very enjoyable. Very good job. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I, like I said, this is, uh, a lot of labor of love has gone into this and uh, we, we try and keep a pretty nice consistency between each bottling, but do keep in mind, we do have batch numbers on each one of our bottles to emphasize that this process does change or evolve a little bit as time goes on. The goal is always to, if there's something I can improve and I find, uh, I'll, I'll try and do that. You guys are in like 26 States across America right now. Yeah. Um, what's a bottle like this average uh, price for something like this go? So, um, I, and this is where my sales guy would probably yell at me through the window or something like that. <laughs> um, it's usually around $65 somewhere there, I think is the generally the sweet spot for this. Um, of course that depends on what state you're in. Um, but usually around $65 a bottle. Um, and then taxes are a whole nother, 
we're in Washington here is the worst state for licorice taxes. I mean, you might as well add 30 bucks to it. <laughs> wow. Uh, but it, yeah, if I go to California, we could pick this up probably for, uh, I don't know, uh, 55, 60, maybe. I think that's what it was in. Uh, yeah. I saw it at liquor barn and, and I think that's what it was going for. I, they actually had, they had your rye there also. And then they had one of your experimentals that had a different price tag on it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Those are always incredibly limited. So, and oftentimes they, they can be older whiskeys as well. Um, so yeah, they usually, you know, making 400 bottles, uh, costs a lot more than making a uh, 5,000. <laughs> yeah. And is that what, how big a batch is right now is about 5,000 bottles. Um, they, they, they kind of range, um, depending on as the casts are ready. Um, uh, but I think with triple cast, we tend to be close to 8,000 bottles per batch or so. Um, and we, we do keep most of these, these notes, um, relatively updated, um, on our, our website docs, uh, docswhiskey.com. So you can literally look up the batch number and, and find the information attached to it. Um, and they get a little more detailed depending on which product it is, of course. Well, Jim, I tell you, man, this, uh, that cherry is sticking with me. That cherry note, um, more of a really nice, uh, cherry pie, uh, maybe with a dollop of, uh, ice cream that's warmed up. Um, man, that yeah, vanilla ice good. cream and that warm cherry pie <laughs> and that crust, uh, in a glass. That's what this is right here. Um, it, it's, it's pretty damn nice, Jesse. Oh, thank you. I, to be fair, some of this information I got to give to my, my grandmother, uh, who used to put uh, liqueurs on my ice cream as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this was kind of the the little bit more of the dessert kind of whiskey. You know, you want to hang out with a glass for a while. And, um, now, there is a little bit it. of a, a nutty, a nutty note to this. Is that, is that is that coming from the barrel finish? Is that coming from the original bourbon? Where's that coming in from? E- Absolutely. So, so you hit that, that, oh, pardon, there goes the lights. Um, you hit that nail right on the head, actually. Um, the Oloroso sherry, um, finish. If you just try our Lamente, which is just that one, which is one third of the, you know, one, one portion of the triple cast. Um, it has quite a nuttiness to it, actually. It's very citrusy and nutty. So a fair amount of that comes out of the Oloroso sherry finish. Okay. Cool. Nice yeah. There's, I've got a long way to go to be able to attribute notes to their sources. I mean, right now, Mike and I are just working really hard to, to pick out the notes that we can recognize, much less to know, you know, where they're, where they're attributed to. So. Hey, just keep drinking whiskey. <laughs> just keep drinking it. That's right. We definitely do our part. Don't we, Mike? <laughs> we might drink a little bit of whiskey, Jim, not too much, but uh, maybe a thousand bottles a year. I don't know. Um, we, we, we get around. <laughs> hey, I mean, that's that's awesome that you do that though, really, because keep in mind, I, I'm only 31. Uh, even though I've been doing it for 10 years, I'm still learning this every single day. It, it's absolutely incredible. It's it's an incredible industry to be in. So, uh, you know, Jesse, people like yourselves, we were talking earlier before we started recording and um, people always ask me and Jim, hey, what's your what's your favorite bourbon? And and Jim is spot on always. And. I, I want us to always say the same thing is we're always looking for that new thing that we haven't tried. That's going to just blow our minds. Um, that's what we're looking for. That's our new f- favorite right there. And when we find it and we're like, man, that's, that's spectacular. Um, and I, I really like this. This is really growing on me. That first punch now, um, you know, that first 
initial punch, once you get past that, uh, it really opens up and is a beautiful uh, expression of whiskey. And I think that's why I finished whiskeys. Um, people need to pay attention to them, and they can really get you in a whiskey if 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 you're new to whiskey and you're having a hard time finding something you like out there, listeners, try something like this right here. Um, yeah. if, if you got 60 bucks, um, try it and you might be surprised. And, you know, I always say the same thing. Look for the craft in the bottle. So if you're looking at uh, a non-distilling producer who's finishing bourbons or mix or blending bourbons and, and adding that, that true craft to the bottle, uh, most of that's going to be available in research, you can find it out on the internet. You can listen to podcasts. You can certainly read labels and look for that craft. Look for the indication of that craft in the bottle. There's just as much great stuff happening from an NDP producer than there is from somebody who's actually distilling, making the distill themselves. So there's an awful lot going on. And I just say, do your research and, and try some of this stuff. I think you'll be surprised. I don't disagree. That's an amazing way to go, to be honest. Uh, to, to be fair, I think there's a, a lot of people forget that uh, blending is a big part of the art, uh, especially in, in in making spirits, um, you know, out of, out, of, out of Europe or, or Central or South America as well. Um, so I know we, we sometimes catch a little flack because we're not the, the base distillers, but think of us like chefs. Usually we don't, uh, you know, usually chefs don't uh, raise their own cows either for their steak. <laughs> <laughs> So Jesse, how did you you get started in this business? Um, other than a strange fascination or fascination when I was a child um, for all things alcoholic, <laughs> um, I mean, that's really where it started. Uh, my my parents were really into to brewing beer back in the you know, way before I was alive. I'm um, just on a home level, really interesting stuff. Um, and then, of course, when I was old enough, basically, to to pack the hop bags, I did it. <laughs> um, so it, we, I, I brewed a lot of beer as a kid with, with my family and then produced liqueurs with my grandma, as I kind of said earlier. Um, and we had fruit trees, um, uh, berries, all sorts of great stuff on a little family kind of farm and in our property. Uh, so I think it just really sparked the fascination for, for processing methods for me and then realizing what kind of joy you get out of tasting something um, through honestly, a lot of patience and attention to detail. Um, so I, I took a little bit further and, and was curious how in the world you get spirits, um, specifically because I liked the liqueurs as a kid. And, you know, as, as a kid, I wanted sweet, sugary things on ice cream. <laughs> so I, I basically just started picking up every book I possibly could about uh, distillation methods and techniques, liqueur production, um, uh wine, you, you name it. And I kind of went down my own path and really wanted to uh, understand uh, some of the, one of the coolest industries, I think, uh, on, on the planet, actually, because um, it stems into so many different things in our lives that we're really unaware of uh, and, and its history. So combining history with, with manufacturing, um, with, with the, just the pure joy of what, what, what tasting is. Uh, and, and, and that's kind of how it all came together. Um, and then when I was in university, uh, the craft distilling movement uh, started kind of taking off. So this was uh, 2011, 12, right in there. And uh, down the street was a uh, from my university. There was a apple orchard that put in a distiller uh, a still from Vendo, gorgeous still. And and I applied because I needed some money, you know, to pay rent. <laughs> and thinking I would get some great. Um, uh, education from from whoever maybe they had hired, not thinking, not realizing that really 
uh, most of the people that start their own craft distillery often didn't, at least at the time, didn't have much of a background in it. So essentially, they, they handed me the keys, this, this older couple, they handed me the keys and said, well, we, we make, you know, 3.4 million pounds of uh, uh, pears and apples a year and you figure it out. So I got into a, to, to brandy distillation and, and applied the, the techniques that I learned from so many different uh, texts and also meeting people in the industry to, to producing brandies. And uh, ultimately led me in the path of blending, which is what I really fell in love with. And, and that's how I got here. You know, who doesn't want to go over grandma's house if she's pouring liquor <laughs> on your ice cream? Right, Jim? I think so. Absolutely. I, I, I never got the opportunity, but I would, I would belly up for that. No doubt about it. I'm just wondering if we could, I'm just wondering if we can expect, you know, grandma Swenson's uh, liqueurs on down the road somewhere. <laughs> oh yeah. We'll have to introduce it to the marketing team. <laughs> that would be pretty, pretty awesome right there. Oh, that'd be uh, funny. Or even a grandma's uh, liqueur ice cream oh, uh, my for gosh. adults. That sounds pretty good. Uh, next, next life in in this 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 arena. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody right. needs a whiskey ice cream. I think that's, sure. that's true. That's true. Uh, that would that would be amazing, actually. Now, what do your parents think? You know, they brewed beer. Your grandma served you, and I don't know if she's still alive. She got to see you do that, this or not. But what do they think of you? Uh, pretty much running a distillery and blending. You know, I, it's kind of funny. Um, I even growing up, my, my dog's name was whiskey. So, uh, I feel like it was just almost destined. I mean, last name is Parker. It seems to go along with the crowd a little bit. Um, and, uh, I know my parents are pretty proud primarily because I think I could pay my own rent. <laughs> um, no, they're, they're incredibly proud and, and happy that I've been able to take what I, I essentially just became obsessed with as a kid and learning as much as I possibly can and turned it into, to a career that I, I really love. I love the people I work with. Um, they're wonderful support. Um, and then basically following, following a dream of mine. Um, so, so I'm sure they're incredibly happy about that. And my grandmother is still alive uh, and she is aware of what I'm doing. And, um, you know, I, I'm sure if she could hear this podcast, she'd be kind of laughing in her chair at the moment. So, <laughs> yeah, I would say as a, as a parent and, and I'm a parent of some 30 somethings. So, uh, I would say that, uh, the first thing is, uh, keep them out of jail. Right. Second thing is, uh, can they pay their rent at that point? You're doing good as a parent, you know? <laughs> Any, anything after that is win-win bonus, right? Yeah. Yep. I, I, I think they, I don't know if they could have said that better. I, I know they would agree with that statement. Exactly. So <laughs> I think my parents used to always say, go have a good time. Try to stay out of jail. If you do though, I'll come pick you up. That's what they used to say. So I got to say they're very supportive of, uh, of whatever the heck I was getting up to. <laughs> well, Jim, any final thoughts on this? Uh, the bourbon? Well, I can tell you this much. I'm I'm really glad I ended up with a whole bottle of this because I'm going to cherish it. I'm going to drink it. And uh, I'm going to be looking forward to the next expression that comes out of your operation there because it's really good. I mean, from texture uh, to finish um, to initial impression on the palate was uh, tremendous. Mike, you said it was a big boom, boom when you took it. Yeah. Um, I think it has a it has an immediate impression on the palate. I think you can taste the influence of the steps you took in making it. You can sort of identify uh, those components a little bit. I need a little bit of help on that the source of that nutty flavor, but I think uh, yeah, it's it's all there. I think it's a whole package, and I'm just wondering if you're going to submit this for some uh, 
some competitions? Uh, we we have actually, and and I it's actually done incredibly well. It's it's taken uh, quite a few double golds and platinums recently, among several uh, very notable competitions, um, including San Francisco Ascot, uh, Cigar and Spirits, uh, New York Spirits competition. Um, have all rated this one pretty excellently, uh, which is great because it's one of our core lines. So it's one you should, in theory, be able to find in any of those states that we're distributing it into. Um, and we're finding a lot of feedback, especially once people pick up the bottle and actually give it a try. Sure. Um, so well, that's what we encourage you to do is try, try something new. You might really like it. Mike, final notes from you. Yeah, I just, I really like it as a finished bourbon. Um, you know, it's something a little bit different than other finished bourbons I've had out there. Um, there's not a whole lot of triple cast going on. Uh, so I got to commend you on taking the time and doing that and blended it correctly. Um, that first impression was, wow, you know, it's got that spice, that boom to it. But um, that second sip was just just so beautiful and stuff. And I, I really liked it. I actually poured a second pour um, <laughs> and, and drank that while we were doing that. So hats off to you because I usually don't do two pours on a show um, in the first half. So, well, listeners, stick with us. We'll be right back. I've really been enjoying lately. Oh, you're going to tell me. Some of that seldom seen farms maple syrup that's been aged in bourbon barrels. It is absolutely delicious, not only in a cocktail, but you can cook with it, right? You can. You absolutely can. Now, Mike, Kevin just sent me a new shipment, so I got a little bit more. And I've been making some beef jerky lately. Really? Yeah. Now, I know you're the meat master, <laughs> but, but I I tried my hand at it. I said, you know, I want to make some beef jerky, and I've got a pretty decent beef jerky recipe, and it's got a little bit of soy sauce, a little bit of Worcestershire, a little bit of, you know, onion powder, garlic powder, those kind of things, but I always put brown sugar in it. Well, this time, Kevin sent me a bottle of his granulated maple sugar. Wow. And I decided that I was going to substitute the maple sugar for the brown sugar. Oh, game changer. Let me tell you. Total game changer. Total game changer. Some of the best beef jerky you've ever had. So I'm going to make another batch here in in about a week, and I'll be sure to get you some. Man, that that sounds delicious. Vivian took, and we just got an air fryer like most people got these days, right? And uh, she took and soaked fresh pineapple in that maple syrup and then put it in the air fryer and it kind of crisp up a little bit. Oh, sounds uh, good. It was just magically delicious. Um, and people probably wonder why we love it so much. Kevin competed in the maple festival uh, last year, 2021, and he was named grand champion. Um, that's saying something. So seldom seen farms grand champion. Of the 2021 Maple Syrup Festival. Yeah. That's, wow. That's saying something. Yeah. You're going up against some heavy hitters in maple syrup. And I know we're, we're talking about just the syrup, but, um, you know, that's something to be proud of. Uh, hats off to you, Kevin, for winning that. Kevin's also uh, competing in a couple other competitions. Make sure you check out his website. Check out his social media on Instagram and Facebook. You won't be uh, disappointed. If you want to buy something, from him where can they go jim you can go to seldom seen maple.com 
and Kevin and his crew, they've got a great website, very easy to navigate. They've got all their products on there. You can buy their maple syrup by the bottle. You can buy it by the case. Uh, you can buy that sugar. Oh, my goodness, Mike. That stuff is so good. Uh, and they've got some other gift sets there, too. So you definitely want to check it out. Well, he's also going to be in some distilleries pretty shortly here. Um, some distilleries from that I love and I know you love. He's going to be down Leaper's Fork. Um, you can find a syrup down there aged in their barrels. Treaty Oak down in Dripping Springs, Texas. Um, I was just out there. His syrup's going to be there. Awesome. Um, and in Garrison Brothers in Texas, if you think uh, you love some maple syrup, make sure you go into Garrison Brothers and pick up a bottle from them also. Uh, Kevin, appreciate it. Uh, I know he he loves people. You're supporting a local farmer, a local product, a small family. This is no factory place that's putting out maple syrup, right, Jim? This is a good man doing good work. Yeah, got to love it. Well, make sure you check out his site. Like Jim said, seldomseenmaple.com. Pick up a bottle today. All right, listeners, so we are back. We've got uh, Jesse Parker in the house. He's the master blender for Doc Swenson's. In the first half, we got to taste their uh, Alter Ego triple cask bourbon, straight bourbon, uh, finished in uh, sherry and cognac casks. And I think Nick and I both uh, finished that first half with thumbs, two thumbs up in the air. We both enjoyed it thoroughly. I, I think we're both pretty glad we have a bottle to sip on after the show is over as well. What do you say, Mike? Yes, sir. Uh, most definitely. I'm, I'm, uh, enjoy this. Actually, uh, we'll probably sh- share this with a lot of people. Uh, we actually poured a sample for Bruce Russell from wild Turkey. So I'm interested to hear his thoughts on it. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So in the second half, we get to kind of shift a little bit here. We're going into a new expression. We've got your alter ego rye. And uh, this one has a little bit of uh, a rum cask finish on it. So I'd love to to get straight to this whiskey as well and have you talk about it while we're, while we're checking out the nose. Uh, certainly. Uh, yeah. So, so like almost all the whiskeys I release here, I like to put an incredibly complex, almost impossible to follow processing method behind them. So I apologize <laughs> if it gets this one in particular, it gets a little bit uh, hard to follow by uh, the, the way it's produced. <laughs> um Kind of like the triple cask, um, the Doc Swinson's Solera method, uh, rye whiskey finished in rum casks. Um, uh, we, we thought it'd be fun to make this one a little bit of an evolution over the last three or so years. And we start with two mash bills again, two both MGP. Um, they're five plus years old um, to start with. And some of them up in six now. And we, we blend those two. It's the 95% rye mash bill and they're, they're 51% rye mash bill. So you got a lot more corn, you got corn in that one, right? So it's almost more reminiscent closer towards a bourbon, a little bit more of those influences in there. And we blend those two together, which creates our, our blenders cut rye whiskey, which we haven't even released yet. Um, but we will, we like walking backwards in our way here. So we take that and we put it in what was our old bourbon casks that went. So the bourbon that was in those casks went into the, the triple cask that we just tried um, that had rum sitting in them for a number of months to years. Um, and that rum is a private blend that we make here. So I also blend that. It's four different nationalities. 
um, aged anywhere from three uh, to nine years old in three different types of casks, ranging from uh, American bourbon to um, sherry uh, and uh, Oloroso, uh, Pedro Jimenez, and uh, in addition, uh, Curacao casks which has oh. the, almost the oh. smallest portion of it in it. Uh, it's, it's like a fraction of a percent, but it has a really nice little bit of you know, I was bright, say, bright wouldn't citrus. Take, wouldn't take much of that, would it? <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, that, one cask, I, I kid you not, over the couple of years we've been doing the Solera Method release, um, uh, I've probably used a couple gallons out of that cask. And I have 164 barrels in this process for the record, uh, the Solera process that, that, that rye goes through. So to back up a little bit, it goes from two blends of rye, um, aged uh, approximately five to six years old, um, that are blended and then put in these ex bourbon casks of ours that had rum sitting in them for a period of time. Uh, and then we put the rye in that, <laughs> and that's in the giant Solera system. So, um, we, we've got, uh, upwards of three layers slowly moving towards four and, and more, um, uh, and I don't know. Do y'all know what a Solera system is? I, and okay. I think Mike and I know what Solera is, but I'm not so sure 100% of our listeners do. Sure. So we, it might not be a bad idea to sort of break down Solera for them. Absolutely. Um, so, so this was this was uh, inspired by, of course, uh, a lot of sherry producers out of Spain, um, where, where there's basically the, I think the best way to visually represent this is say that there's a pyramid of barrels and there's a couple layers. So let's just say there's three in this instance. Um, uh, there's whiskey in our case. There's rye whiskey sitting in every single one of these barrels, um, and we take a small portion, upwards of uh, no more than twenty percent, out of the bottom layer of all the casks, and we blend that together to bottle it. That's going to be the oldest whiskey in, in the selection. Um, and then we replace that small portion that we removed at the bottom from, um, from the layer above it. We take the same amount out that's required to refill the cask below it and put it in the lower casks. And we repeat that process all the way to the top of our pyramid, uh, at which we then add our, our youngest whiskey into, which in this case is the, the fresh blend of just the, the 95% and 51% rye whiskey. We put that in the top. Um, and for our sake, because this is ours a rum, um, rum cast finish, uh, all the casts were bourbon turned into rum. And then now we influence uh, to make sure there's still rum going into the system. Um, we put the rye in a separate set of casts to get the rum characteristic. And then it goes into our Solera. And over time, the idea is you, we could put a little bit younger whiskey in the top, and as we move our way through the, the tiers here to bottle this product on the bottom, um, it creates an incredibly complex um, uh, blending, uh, fractional blending process um, that every or each bottle, some portion of that whiskey went through every single cask along the way. Um, that helps kind of keep some consistency um, as well as creating an ever aging product. So we never empty the casks out completely. So the older product is teaching the younger product. Yeah. Well, it's fair to say that no matter how many times I hear the Solera process explained, it thoroughly confuses me every time. Because, <laughs> <I'm trying> to... <laughs> I mean, the, the basic understanding here is that you're you're mixing things and never quite ever emptying things. And at the end of the day, uh, you get the mixture of, of the old and the new and uh, all things married together. So um, pretty, pretty interesting stuff. I, yeah. I think it it's almost something you have to see in person to kind of understand. Um, the first time I had ever seen it, 
um, was actually at uh, Iron Root Republic down in uh, Denison, Texas. Those guys are, are doing some. And uh, they, they were like, hey, this is how it works. And I was like, okay, well, now that totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. Um, it, it's definitely a visual thing. If you saw it, you're like, oh, duh, that's obvious. <laughs> it's just explaining in words. I can never seem to figure out the best and shortest way to explain it. Um, but it is a fairly complex process. Um, and and it also allows this particular expression to lean a little bit more on how how nature primarily affects the, the last portion of the blend. I don't know if it's the rum factor in here, but I'm getting a little bit of espresso bean and a, a little bit of cocoa powder on this for some reason. Mm. Um, one of the rums in particular actually has a lot of espresso uh, characteristic to it. Um, yeah. Yeah. The nose is, the nose is really good on this. I'm, I'm getting kind of a, you, Mike, you know, those spiced apples that we talk about from time to time. Mm-hmm. For me, this is more of a spiced pear. So kind of a, uh, there's a little bit more of a lighter note to it than an apple, kind of like a pear. And yeah, it's uh, I, th- they do make spice pears, don't they? I don't know that I remember, but I would imagine they do. I've never seen one. Um, the spiced apples are. Jesse's probably like, "What the heck are these spiced? Is apple this a candy?" <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "We used to can our own fruit, and, and pears and apples were certainly amongst them. And the pears we always put cinnamon in with. So I, I get it. This is exactly what this tastes like." But well, there's these what you're saying <laughs> there a there's a jar, and they're like sliced apple rings that have been oh. like uh, they're not pickled, but they've been canned, and it, they're syrup probably. Spicy yeah, syrup. It, they're yeah. very yeah. spicy syrup in there, and uh, I don't know even know when you serve it. I don't even know if you can find them anymore. Yeah, uh, it's it's kind of so. Have you ever bought a can of pineapple rings? You yeah. know, the actual pineapple rings come in the can, and they're stacked all on top of each other, kind of like a little onion ring looking thing. Well, the spiced apples are the same way. Mm-hmm. They come in rings like that. <laughs> and the juice that's put in the can with them is a hot, spicy juice or sort of a, a Christmassy holiday kind of spice. And, uh, yeah, you serve them during holiday meals. And uh, But anyway, that's what we operate off when we're doing tasting, right? We operate off our memories from childhood, our memories from things that were positive in our lives. and. And for this, I get a spiced apple, but man, it just leans a little bit more towards a pear for me. Uh, absolutely. Uh, it's kind of funny you say that a lot of tasting comes back to memory. In fact, all these products have a memory for me uh, when, I, when I go to blend the whiskeys. Um, this one, in fact, is the exact thing you're describing is something that my mother used to make in can when I was a kid. And in particular, occasionally the pears, the spiced pears um, would, uh, sometimes she didn't get it right. And it would, they'd ferment a little bit. <laughs> um, and believe me, my mother saved them all for me. So uh, I know it sounds terrible. They were great parents for the record. <laughs> um, we're not just, not just drinking all day, letting the kids drink, but, um, uh, this is exactly what it reminds me of. Uh, in fact, when we're processing this in the back, you know, some of it, you know, we spill a little here and there on the floor, moving um, uh, the, the tubes and everything around. Um, and the whole building smells like spiced pears. It's absolutely wow. incredible. Um, so that's this. I'm glad you, you picked up on the pear there. But, I, th- uh, I think this this drinks just like the nose, though. I mean, it's to mm-hmm. me, it's spot on um, the pear that Jim was talking about. Um, the espresso bean is in there, that powder, maybe a little bit of cream brulee. Um, yeah, man, this is a this is almost a, a dessert whiskey to me, um, like after dinner whiskey. Yeah, this is a sweet um, 
I'm I'm not going to quite say it's a candy rye, but it's 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 on its way to become one. I mean, I think give it a little bit more time, I think it would be a sort of a candied rye. Uh, but I am getting like a, some anise, um, yep, a little bit of that, and and also, Mike, those little um, those little white figs that you had out on the table yesterday turkey turkey figs turkey figs i'm getting <laughs> i'm getting figs. turkey fig on it too so yeah um wow yep. i i i think we could continue to talk about this as we sit here and sip on it and find more and more there's a lot going on it, it definitely keeps evolving and kind of just unfolds on your tongue as you taste it and it's, it's one of my favorite expressions for that reason also, I think it's a fairly approachable rye for people that don't necessarily like rye whiskey. <laughs> yeah, I think what might be keeping it from going too far in that candy direction is probably that 51% rye that's in there. That 95.5 has a tendency to go there quickly. Yep. And- yeah, so uh, I'm texting Bruce Russell right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right on. Oh, my Back gosh. And forth. This is, this is, it's kind of like an and, honor that he got some of my... my yeah, my and he product. actually said he, he loved the bourbon, uh, and he liked it a bit better than the rye. And I, I, I said maybe it was the rum, uh, and the rye didn't hit him just right. So sure. uh, he's actually texting back right now. So we'll see. We'll, oh, right we'll, we'll keep the listeners updated. <laughs> Uh, what what the Russell family thinks about Doc Swenson? Oh that's man, high, that's, that's high praise. That's high praise. Woo, that is that is that is truly an honor. You know, I mean, I'm all the way up here in the Pacific Northwest, but I've I've had my my time in Kentucky too, and met some great people that have been honestly like uh, just wonderful mentors or influence on 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 what I'm doing because. I certainly am not from a, a bourbon heritage, at least that I know of. <laughs> and what he's, and he, so he texts back and he says, I actually thought a little water helped the ride to him. Oh, beautiful. Um, yeah. So a guy that really does know about whiskey and has grown up with it his entire life. Uh, That's high incredible. praise for your bourbon and uh, said that water would open up your eye. Oh, oh man, that made my day. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever had feedback or anything from, uh, you know, uh, whiskey. Just, Jesse's is like, I don't care what you two bourbon bullshitters <laughs> say. Uh, just what Bruce Russell says. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh Jesse. Well, God. I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you a little bit here. So oh, we've okay. it, we've talked can... we've talked about your bourbon, we've tasted it, we've given you our opinions on it, we've talked about your rye. You've got our opinions plus others. Okay. Uh, these two bottles are sitting on the shelf here in Kentucky. Our listeners want to know what other states they're available in. I'd love for you to just rattle off what you can. Oh my gosh, that is—I hate to say it—that is—that is a challenge. I'll probably know. Oh, it's, it's like being uh, pulled over and having to say the, the alphabet backwards. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> um, so, um, California, <laughs> Texas, Arizona, Washington, New York. I think New Jersey, Connecticut, Michigan, Illinois. Oh, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia. I'm sure there's a couple other in there that I'm missing, so I apologize. Um, uh, but but I can tell you this: um, if 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 you ever want to know, go to our website docswhiskey.com, and you can click the bottle finder button, put your zip code in, and it will populate what's what, what's near you. <laughs> and um, if you can't find it in your state, we do ship to I think 39 other states too. 
um, which you could you could find that link. It's like a shop now or something on our website, um, and that'll get you right to all of our specialty expressions and the stuff too, which are in limited supply. Uh, and it, and so if, that's and a way to get you there. If you can't get it there, right, Jesse, and mm-hmm. your state doesn't allow them to ship, our listeners all they have to do is find their local senator or yes <laughs> representative and write them a letter and say, "Hey, I want to be able to get whiskey shipped into our state." Right? Absolutely, please. I, I mean, push it. Why not? I mean, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you want to get what you want when you can? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it seriously helps us out. <clears throat> Mike, I, I would you? I would venture to say <laughs> I would venture to say that if uh, someone shows up at uh, Bourbon on the Banks this year, and they're a roadie, there's a chance there might be a bottle on our table. What do you think? If it's not all gone, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, it, if we still have some, I'll definitely bring a bottle of it. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Or heck, we might know somebody that'll hook us up. Who knows? Uh, um, who knows? I do have a whole bunch of samples. Now, you guys got some other stuff, uh, experimental stuff that come, is coming out. Um, what else do you have coming down the pike? Absolutely. Um, so in the, in the name of what we do, we're experimenting um, all the time. So I work with a number of different casks from all over the world um, to finish our different our, our whiskeys in our blends. Um, coming down the pike, we're thinking of releasing here in, in uh, early to mid July um, is going to be three different fortified wine cast finishes. Um, t- uh, so Tawny Port uh, finish, um, Muscatel um, and Pinot de Charente. Uh, which are which are all kind of going to be part of their own little series, um, and then in addition, uh, we've done a couple uh, uh, stranger ones. Uh, one of them will start with the least strange, but probably one of the most exciting, which is called Funky Drummer. It's our rye whiskey that's finished in Jamaican rum cast specifically. Um, it's it's been the one that's been I know a lot of people are asking for these days. We we were trying to release it almost a year ago, and we didn't because we we decided it wasn't quite where we wanted it yet. So that one's going to be a big hit. Coming out, um, probably the two stranger ones, which I'm actually really excited about, is uh, it's the Solera Method rye that we were just tasting last. That was finished in uh, Añejo tequila casks, um, wow. uh, which is it's pretty wild. So rum tequila uh, finished rye. And uh, that's got some beautiful notes on it. And it's some pretty exceptional casks that I was able to get my hands on uh, from Amazing Cooperage as well. Um, and then probably the strangest one and the one I'm arguably most excited about seeing what people think of is, uh, our smoke on water is what it'll be called. And it's very limited. I only did four quarter casks. So it's uh peated scotch quarter casks uh, that we finished, uh, our rye whiskey in as well. And I know a lot of you out there are probably thinking, Oh, it's smoky. It's going to be gross or something like that. Tr- trust me. It is, is I, I've so far sent it to a number of people just to get their feedback. And, um, I've had several people say, I was just going to give the bottle away until I tried it. So, um, that's, that's a pretty unique one. Uh, wow. Cause I like, I like peated scotches a lot. <laughs> they can be yeah. be- very beautiful. If, if you understand them, um, that's yeah, what and- I try to tell people. Absolutely. The, the spicy rye. Yeah. You just got to take your time with them, to be honest. And, and honestly, the spicy rye that, that we blend, it's our, our, our two mash bill blend of rye um, in, in the, in the, the peated quarter casks um, is nowhere near as, as peaty or intense as you think it would be. In fact, it's actually relatively fruity with a nice wet smoke backing and a little bit of like roast hatch chili peppers. It's, it's pretty amazing, actually. 
So, man, uh, that, does, that sounds to me, it sounds amazing. I, I'm not, <laughs> and I think I, I have a sample of it upstairs. So, Woo! me and Jim, we're going to have to dig into these and maybe that's a whole other show, Jim. <laughs> yeah, that could be a whole other show for sure. I think it's yeah. a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Jesse, where can our listeners find Doc's? Swenson's online and where can they find them on social media? Um, yeah. So, so this is the other side of that test. I'm probably the worst millennial ever. Um, and I'm terrible at social media marketing. <laughs> so I forget how to do hashtags all the time. I hate to say it. Um, but online, our website simply is docswhiskey.com. Um, and if you happen to have a bottle of ours, there's a QR code on the back. You can always look at it with your phone. Um, and then Instagram is probably one of the best spots and as well as Facebook. And that's, uh, uh, Doc Swinson's, um, you should be able to find our, our, our Instagram and our Facebook through that. So hashtag awesome. Doc Swinson's. Well, Jesse, it's been a pleasure to meet you. A pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, we certainly appreciate you sharing your whiskeys with us. Um, I think Mike and I will continue to enjoy these bottles you've provided for some time. And we'll make sure to share them with as many people as possible to introduce them to your product. Uh, I think, you know, Mike, a lot of times when we're bowled over by a product and there's a product we feel pretty positive about, we try to, we try to share a little bit with as many people as we can. Most certain. We like sharing it with Bruce Russell. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that he's a good guy to share it with, but now Jesse, you guys, there's this extra bottle that came, Right. I don't even know what it's for. Is it is it for one of our lucky listeners? I think it's going to be absolutely for one of the lucky listeners. Well, there, so there's a glass and there's the bottle of the bourbon and some stickers uh, for one lucky listener. And what you're going to have to do, you know, listeners, what I'm going to tell you to do, right? On the comments, on our Instagram post, what we want you to do is go ahead and make sure that you're 21, um, that you ri- reside in the United States that you're following Doc Swenson's whiskey on Instagram. Obviously you're going to be following us if you're, you're seeing us, but what we want you to do all day long, uh, we want you to tag three people. And then we also want you to put hashtag Doc Swenson's. Uh, that's what we want you to do. Tag three people and also hashtag Doc Swenson's at the end of the night at nine o'clock. Cause I'm an old man. Jim will tell you that I got to go to sleep at nine o'clock for some reason. Um, I don't get my daily nap. <laughs> uh, so tag Doc Swenson's on there. Follow them. Um, we're going to give this uh, bottle and a Glen Karen from them away to one lucky listener. Well, Mike, that's a great, uh, that's a great prize. I think we'll have a lot of people jumping in on that one uh, on the day of the release of this show and in our Instagram post. I really look forward to hearing what our listeners say about their experience with Doc Swenson's once they get to port in their glass. So Jesse, again, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for spending uh, a little bit of time in the afternoon with us. We certainly appreciate it. We hope we could do this again real soon and, uh, and talk about some other expressions that you've got coming out. Absolutely. Jim, Mike, thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on a show like this with y'all. Um, and, and of course, trying the whiskeys. I mean, people such as yourselves and, um, and your listeners are the ones who really help uh, keep us making, rolling out new whiskeys. Uh, we're a small company, so uh, it all really helps. So thank you so much. And I'm excited to do another one with you. Awesome. Thanks. So Mike, where can people find us on the internet? 
Well, you know, you can find us almost anywhere. You can find us on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Our main place you can find us is on Facebook. We got a private Facebook group called the Bourbon Roadies. Uh, You want to go ahead and check that out. Three easy rules to get in the bourbon roadies. Are you 21? Uh, do you like bourbon? Because, hell, everybody likes bourbon. And uh, do you agree to play nice? Because we don't tolerate any rudeness. Uh, meaning if, if you drink from the bottom of the shelf like that old tin high like I used to like to drink, all the way to the top of the shelf like that George T. Stag that Jim loves, um, we want you to be able to come in there, celebrate life, uh, celebrate retirements, births, uh, graduations from uh, high school, college, whatever, even deaths. We want you to celebrate somebody's life. Uh, raise a glass to that person, uh, but just no rudeness. Our moderators will help you on out of our group. Awesome. So we do two shows every week. Every Monday, we do a craft distillery episode. Uh, we kind of focus on one expression from a craft distillery, try to shine the light on people doing good work. We'll tell you what we think about that expression, whether or not we think you ought to add that to your bar. Uh, and every Wednesday, we'll do a full-length episode like today's with Jesse Parker from Doc Swenson's. We'll spend an hour. We'll break it down into two halves. We'll get you to work. We'll get you home. Uh, we'll drink a few expressions. We'll have some great conversation. We want to make sure you check out both episodes every single week. And Mike, what can they do to make sure they don't miss one of those? Well, listeners, you need to scroll on up the top of that app. You need to hit that check sign, that plus sign, that subscribe sign. Uh, that app will let you know, hey, these two jokers have a show out today. Uh, that way, like Jim said, you can get to work, get back, listen to us, um, find out about some great whiskey like Doc Swenson's. Then we need you to scroll on down, hit that five-star review and some comments because you know what's going to happen if you don't. The big bad booty daddy of bourbon's going to come to your house dragging a wagon full of this Doc Swenson's. You'll drink all night long. By the end of the night, you're going to leave us that five-star review, I guarantee. No, seriously, those comments, uh, that five-star review opens up doors to great distilleries, gets great whiskey in our hands like Doc Swenson's, get great guests on our show like Jesse here. Uh, We really do appreciate it. So Mike and I are very approachable. Mike loves it when you walk up to him in a liquor store. He loves it when he sees you in an airport. Uh, Make sure you stop by and uh, tell Mike you you enjoy the show. But we're also very approachable on the Internet. So if you've got an idea for a show, if you've got an idea for a guest or a a bottle, if you've got a small distillery in your hometown that's doing it right, let us know. Hop onto our website. Go to the Contact Us page. Send us a note. We'll get we'll get on top of it. We'll get them on the show. We'll get a bottle from them. We'll let everybody know what we think about it. You can also send us an email. I'm Jim at TheBourbonRoad.com. He's Mike at TheBourbonRoad.com. But like we always say, probably the best way, just hit up our DMs on Instagram. I'm JShan63. I'm Big Bourbon Chief. And we'll see you down the Bourbon Road. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.